Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number two of our show. Welcome back. Thanks for being with us on Bill Shanks. We are talking sports. Start taking your phone calls a little bit later on in this hour. Find out. Let's talk college football with Brent Beard from First Coast News at Brent Beard on Twitter. Hey, Brent. Uh, listen, I really enjoyed all the pictures uh, from uh, what looked like a wonderful evening, uh, to say the least. You were dressed up and... Uh, Brett Beard said, you know that Bill Shanks is a handsome devil, but don't tell him that. I wore so, a tie. You know how much it takes for me to wear a tie, Brent Beard? <laughs> did uh, did Mama Shanks help you pick one out, too? Is, is that, oh, that something to I do can with do it? it all by myself, Brent. I can do well, that all by myself, for sure. But, uh, well, yep. I, I, know, I understand that. Basically, when, you, when, you're, basically when, you're, when you're on TV, sometimes I, it's hard for me to match. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have that problem, but it's uh, it's just I don't do it very often. That's the that's that's the biggest problem for sure. All right, uh, Brent, it looks like that Alabama's done with their coaching staff, right? Have they all yes. Uh, yes. finished with that now? Yeah, look, Bill, uh, and this is for everybody. Unless somebody leaves in the next few hours, uh, they're going to. Uh, we're beginning to now have. Uh, several teams start spring practice. People may not be aware, Auburn starts tomorrow. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so they've got to figure out their uh, their quarterback room. They think with the Coleman kid uh, that they'll be a lot better on the uh, wide receiver. They think they'll be better on the uh, uh, offensive line. Uh, but I'm just telling you, Bill, I'm not sure that quarterback situation is going to be straightened out until the fall if it's straightened out then. So, um, but yes, uh, this week, uh, in the next two weeks particularly, uh, basically most of the league is going to be started in spring practice by then. We ever have any information about what happened to Cadillac Williams with that situation when he left Auburn? I think that was one of those mutual parting of the ways I wonder if I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if they considered Cadillac needing a new change of pace. Uh, I, I mean, look, Cadillac helped them and motivate. He was able to coach for a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, um, Cadillac probably needed, from what I understand, you know, to go somewhere and, and learn the ropes more. I mean, who knows? He could be back at Auburn at some point. But no, that, uh, since, he, since they parted ways, that's been rather quiet, Bill. And he went on to the NFL with the Los Angeles Raiders. I actually yeah. wondered if, if uh, he had not gotten that Raiders shot, which I think that was official last week, if Kirby Smart would have looked at him. By the way, Kirby Smart, as we mentioned on the show in the previous segment, has hired a new wide receiver coach James Coley, who had just gotten the job at South Carolina with Shane Beamer as the receiver's coach and then bolted for Athens. Uh, I know Bill King was saying this morning on his show here on the Superstations that he heard some of the South Carolina fans were a little sideways. Welcome to 2024, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, look, I've – 
Bill, I, um, just about everywhere I've been, James Coley is uh, uh, coach as far as covering the SEC. I mean, obviously he was at FSU for a while. He's been around. I mean, the way – look, uh, James Coley is a good, I think, developer of players. But let's be honest, the reason you, the reason you hire James Coley uh, is what he does for you in recruiting in South Florida. Uh, he is – uh, renowned for that area, renowned for recruiting that area, and as his um, uh, as his former boss Nick Saban was, and you know this well, I, I know your listeners do. Any hire Kirby makes is has something to do with recruiting purposes. How about all of the hires that Kirby makes? Yeah, have something to do. yeah. It's just kind of that that simple. It's it's. Uh... It's interesting because you may think you're going to find, but aren't we to the point where these position coaches are interchangeable to a certain extent? As yeah. long as you have someone yes. who can recruit, who cares? Yes. Look, they, as as someone told me, I talked to a consultant the other day for the uh, college football playoffs and, and who has dealt with them, and uh, th- that's exactly what he told me. He said, look, it really doesn't matter what position they hire for. Uh, coaches can coach. They've all coached different positions. Uh, so the point is you bring them in more now, uh, unless you want somebody specific probably for recruiting more than you do anything else. Uh, but wherever you put them, they'll, they'll be okay. But these guys in this day and age, unless you're just starting off in your coaching career, they understand all these positions and they'll be fine. I just, I thought it was rather amusing that Georgia also uh, uh, got a coach who was at Georgia Tech. But, look, that's another thing, Bill. Uh, fans don't realize this sometimes. All these coaches know each other. I mean, they they play together. They've grown up as rivals or whatever. So there are no real secrets out there. Uh, and uh, just because they're, they're coaching against the rival – uh, because of these relationships that goes back for years, that really means nothing in the coaching industry, frankly. Yeah, I don't think it does. Brent Beard, our guest, First Coast News, talking a little college football. Where are we on meetings and court cases and SEC-ACC partnership? Anything new on that end? Well, we're waiting, obviously, <clears throat> in the FSU situation uh, last Friday, the ACC and their communication with FSU, uh, what I understand from some of their beat writers, kind of gave them a loophole that will help them to uh, basically be able to negotiate this $550 million down considerably. And then after that happens, uh, some of their ACC brethren will be right behind them also. Now, this doesn't happen overnight, as you know. They, uh, Florida State uh, has made it clear that, that they want to go, but if they, they've got to do it officially this summer, uh, if they don't do it by that deadline, I think it's in August, uh, that they'll be there another year, uh, and more than another year. So that's the main thing that we're looking at. These committees are still, I think, working. Uh, they've got the five, seven done for two years. And, and that's one thing we need to be clear about. 
we don't know what's going to happen in 26. Tony Petiti, the conference, the uh, yeah, conference commissioner for the Big Ten, amazingly wants to have a not a not just a 12 team bill, but a 16 team playoff uh, at some point. And there's some real conjecture is if they don't have a lot of these issues straightened out, or at least doing better with them, NIL and the portal and things of that nature in early signing day. Could the SEC form their own playoffs with the Big Ten? So, I mean, that's something to look for. And obviously, folks may or may not have heard uh, a lot of talk about the early signing period going to the first Wednesday in December and set around the 20th and 21st, where this year the playoffs are starting. So, man, there's enough stuff to keep track of right now. We used to be begging because we were bored for something to follow, Bill, this time of year, that uh, those days are gone, aren't they? What What is the benefit of doing that when teams are going to be preparing for the playoff, though? Isn't that a problem? Well, uh, look, it, frankly, is probably going to be. But if they have it, like, I think that date's December the 4th. Uh, or, in other words, it's before the SEC championship games or for the championship game weekend. So I think the thought process is if they could do it then and get it out of the way, by the time you get to when the playoffs start on the 21st, uh, you've got the early signing period done. And there's talk, Bill, that, that December may just be a dead period and just maybe free the coaches up a little bit more. So, I mean, whatever date you're going to in December – there's probably me some problem to it, but they're thinking that uh, the first week of December may be a bit better uh, in getting that away from the transfer portal too, uh, with going with with that. So, but I still wonder if the if 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 the real solution to this would be have the early signing period at the either the end of August or the first of August, and have the other one. Uh, in February, where you uh, on the first Wednesday that time, <clears throat> would that take care of some of that? I wonder. Well, you you do you do wonder about that. You do wonder if that could be a a solution or not. We talked a lot last week about the Big Ten and the SEC situation, and I know I saw something on social media over the weekend that pretty much said this is a foregone conclusion that both conferences are going to expand. Is is the expansion of these two conferences to 20 or 22 perhaps the pathway for them to combine to allow for their own championship? Yes. Yeah, that, that they would almost morph into one huge league. Uh, and if, you, if they do that, they would uh, at that point just have their own playoffs. Obviously, likely, uh, geez, I guess if, if you're, it's not to say they wouldn't schedule other people, but they certainly could get their non-conference games from each other too. So that I think they're thinking there would be some benefit to that. I mean, what they're hoping to do, is, I mean, they're not, this is not a threat to other people, but I think what, what people are hearing is, if some of this transfer portal, NIL, and so forth 
if, if, if some significant progress has not been made for those things, that the SEC and the Big Ten at that point may just decide, look, we need to do our own thing uh, and maybe at least go up to another, they call it a tier, uh, to have the SEC on the one tier. On second tier would be like Big 12 and the ACC, if they're still, if the ACC still is still a viable conference at that point. Uh, and again, it, it won't happen overnight. But, Bill, I mean, look, six or seven of these uh, ACC teams leave. What what does the ACC do, Bill? Do they do they form some kind of union with the Big Twelve at some point? Or I'm I'm just I'm just wondering uh, out loud uh, if they might go in that direction one day. Could we have lawsuits from any of the other conferences in that regard? Not right now, um, but it, it's interesting you brought that up. One of the things that they're trying to do over the next uh, two or three years is to make is to get rid of these lawsuits. Uh, they don't need that hanging over their head, and for them to be able to be free enough to do what they need to do instead of being uh, uh, slowed down by any of that. That that's an astute point. That that's one thing that I've heard and read that is important is to be able to deal with that over these next two or three years too. Uh, uh, and, and hopefully you can get rid of that in the, and uh, in, in the ACC and some of these other conferences also. Well, I think uh, the FSU thing, as we talked about last week, is the first domino to fall. And then yep. after that, yep. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens and who wants whom and, where does FSU want to go and who follows FSU? And, I mean, there's just a, a variety of, of issues that I think are, are going to be uh, at, at play here. So I think we're all kind of curious about that for sure and and uh, anxious to see how it all play out for, for certain. No question about uh, well, that. Well, uh, and listen, I wanted to echo something that you, that you uh, uh, texted earlier. Uh, I'm so glad Claude Felston was honored. Um, I've never dealt with a better sports information director in my life that really understood what uh, the media was trying to do and what he needed to do in his own job. Um, and just really sad to see him go, but he, he deserves their retirement. And look, you've, you've dealt with SIDs like I have, and there's a lot they could learn from Claude Felton, couldn't they, Bill? No, oh, Lord, everyone I know. Could learn from Paul Felton. To be honest with you, he's yeah. a very, very nice man, but he's very good at his job, and he always has he been. Is. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not even, not even close, really. So, yes, absolutely. Brent, thank you. We appreciate it very much. Good stuff, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Okay. Good. Thank you, buddy. Take care. All right. All right. Brent Beard, our guest, talking a little college football there. We're going to open up the phone lines now. Area code four seven eight six four six ESPN. I'd like to hear from some Georgia Tech fans today. I, I know we have some listening. Um, and I'd like to hear from Georgia Tech fans on what they heard from Paul Johnson. You don't have to be a Georgia Tech fan and comment on what we heard from Paul Johnson. But I, I would, since there was a lot of fallout from that interview on Friday, I, I would not mind to hear uh, some thoughts and feedback from, from what was said by CPJ. You can talk about that. You can talk about the Braves, their start to the 
to the exhibition season, the Grapefruit League. You could talk about the Falcons. We talked earlier about the more chances and choices and options they have to move up to get a quarterback or do something to go to get a quarterback. We talked about the Hawks. I asked that question earlier, and I'd really like to hear from some Hawks fans, too, about Trey Young. He's out for a month. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? They won last night without him, and they played their best defensive game without him. So I don't think it's crazy to ask that question. Area code 478-646-ESPN is our number, 478-646-3776. We will take a break and be back with more sports talk on this Monday right after this. Part 21, our time. The phone lines are open at area code 478-646-ESPN. Again, several talk topics to talk about today. Number one, I'd like for Georgia Tech fans uh, to call in and give me your thoughts on what you thought about Paul Johnson's interview on Friday on this show when he talked about Jeff Collins and his thoughts about his successor. We can also talk about the Hawks and Trey Young out for a month. Good, bad, ugly. What do you think about that? Could it be a good thing? Do the Hawks need to see how they can play without Trey Young, perhaps? And what if DeJounte Murray could be even better? Of course, we have uh, crappy basketball with the Georgia loss. Good win for Georgia Tech over the weekend. Good baseball all around, uh, with the exception of Georgia Southern, who lost two or three on the road. But the Dogs, Yellow Jackets, and Mercer Bears are all off to a good start when it comes to college baseball, which is good news. And, of course, the Braves are starting. Good performance by Max Freed today. And we saw Spencer Strider on Saturday. We'll see Mr. Chris Sale tomorrow in a game for Atlanta in the exhibition season. That will be at Bradenton against the Pirates. So we are seeing... Some pretty decent uh, arms, of course, early on here. And saw A.J. Minter and Dylan Lee. Kind of excited about the Dylan Lee story. And I haven't even seen the whole thing yet. But he did say that he was healthy. Just imagine if Dylan Lee is a part of that bullpen. Now, the, the Braves already have Aaron Bummer, who, remember, the Braves traded five players for Aaron Bummer from the White Sox, they have Ray Kerr, another lefty who they got in a trade for with San Diego. And, of course, Tyler Matzik coming back, Dylan Lee, and those are five lefties. Kerr could go down to A, and I believe Lee has an option left, too. I may be mistaken about that, but, you know, we, we know that the makeup of the bullpen this year is going to depend on what the Braves do with Reynaldo Lopez, if they do, in fact, have him as a starting pitcher in that rotation to begin the year, then you could imagine the Braves are going to have Rossiel Iglesias, Joe Jimenez, Pierce Johnson from the right side, and then Mentor, Bummer, for sure, from the left side. That's five relievers. Um, and then you've got either Lee or and or Matzik. You've got Dace Bell Hernandez on the right side. 
You could have Bryce Elder on the right side. If he's not the winner of the fifth starters competition, could they put one of those uh, starting pitchers who does not win the fifth starters job in the bullpen? I think that's very, very possible. So you've got a lot of different combinations here, but when I see this list here in front of me of five relief pitchers, Mentor, Madsik, Bummer, Kerr, and Lee, and no, knock on wood, that all of them are healthy, that's pretty good. Especially when you know you got that lefty monster in the Phillies lineup, Mr. Harper, not to mention some other lefties that are in the division that you've got to got to worry about. Of course, Kyle Schwarber also on the Phillies, and he's a left-handed bat that's very, very dangerous. So, yeah, I like that. I love the the news that Dylan Lee is healthy and kind of ready to go here. That's outstanding news for the Braves. And uh, again, I've said it for the last couple of weeks leading up to the beginning of spring training and now into the games. I love the fact that we have good numbers for the Atlanta Braves when it comes to the bullpen and the options that they have available. We know the number of players that are going to be battling it out for the for the fifth starters job. And, you know, hey, look, it, it, just because they may not win the fifth starters job does not mean that they're not going to be part of the team at some point this year. And that wild card that nobody talks about, well, we do on our show because we talk about every damn thing, Wasker Enoa. What will Wasker Enoa do this year for the Braves? They say he's healthy, and they say so far he looks really good down in spring training. Okay, I would imagine we'll see him in a day or two. Can't wait to see what he does in the Grapefruit League as well. 478-646-ESPN. Jeff is in gray and leads us off. Hello, Jeff. Man, Bill, whilst Peter King is his retirement gift to the Falcons fans, that thing. Huh. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that, that was kind of interesting, you know. I mean, I, that, it was. Uh, he's been right, and he he did. He said Kyle Pitts a couple of years ago, and I remember the Bijan Robinson thing and all that crap. So, I mean, he's he's uh, had some type of end with the Falcons, but I I wonder about the Drake May thing or about moving up to second. Jeff, um, you know, we've talked about Zach Robinson and the fact that, you know, he's been with Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles. Stafford, obviously, a drop-back passer. Does, does he see some qualities in Drake May at North Carolina that he may think he can work with and, and I don't want to say become another Stafford, but, I mean, there are some similarities in drop-back passing styles, I guess, there to a certain extent. Well, I, I believe May could run. He could run a lot more than Stafford could. I, I watched a little bit of May. He's he's pretty good. I mean, I'm not so sure I wouldn't take. I sort of would like to have somebody that can scramble a little bit more. I'd probably take Daniels. But man, I, would would we want to give up that many draft picks? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm a no. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I. I I hate it when the team doesn't have a draft pick. I hate it when – it's like part of the reason why I was thinking about the situation – I know I'm going to get off track here for a second – about DeJounte Murray. You know, the the Hawks gave up a lot for DeJounte Murray, and it's almost like they've got to make him work because they gave up three first-round draft picks for that guy. Like, why the hell do you want to give up that many draft picks for someone and then pull the plug on him a year into the situation – or two years into the situation? I hate it when you don't have draft picks. And um, they're not going to get that back from Murray. They'd get more out of Murray by keeping him and trading Trey Young to get more draft picks in return there. But is that a wash? So, but when you have a 
team and you don't have a draft pick, man, and especially you don't have a first and second, if you give up a first and second next year, good gosh. I mean, that means you've got to hit a home run. It's the same thing we used to talk about when they traded for Julio Jones. And it's like, okay, Julio Jones was a home run. There's no question about it. But, Jeff, you and I both know that when they had to scramble for offensive linemen, they swung and missed, and that put this organization back several years, didn't it? Yes, and, our, you know, me and you are both the same. We really haven't had a defensive rusher. And I guess Abrams, maybe, was the last guy that scared other teams. John Abraham? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I would like to have an elite quarterback, but. Oh, I don't. I I think there's so many quarterbacks you might could wait, and uh, I mean you you might could wait for Knicks or uh, who knows. I until you see what the combine is, you know you know how somebody can. We saw uh, the kid last year from Kentucky go from he's going to be number one to is somebody going to draft him? Yeah, and he looked he, pretty good this year he, once he got in. But uh, yeah, he did. Well, but and you know the the I don't I don't think I can adequate. I mean, I like Daniels. There's no question. I've seen more Daniels than May, or and I've seen some things of Williams that kind of turned me off. Um, you know, I I think what I want to see Jeff more than anything is JJ McCarthy in the combine. I want to see, and to an extent, Penix and okay, Bo Nix if we want to see him too. Although you know he's going to have to really win me over for that deal. But, I mean, I, I want to see what J.J. can do. J.J. McCarthy looks like a quarterback that people could kind of have a little man crush on. But I think the question still becomes how high can he go? We know those top three are going to go three, one, two, three, somehow, some way, right? But how how far back should J.J. McCarthy be? And 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 how, how close to eight would it make sense for him to be selected? So I think that's what I want to see by the combine. Yeah, well, I, I know a lot of people got us what taking Turner, and my thing about Turner is he's a little, ain't he a little on the small side, and he like two forty. Let me see. I don't he, think he was that. Small. He's not like he's not like one of the Bosa boys. They're a little bit bigger. They're like two sixty five. I believe. This says six four two forty two. Well, he's got okay. Well, if he's that big, there they can they can add fifteen twenty pounds to him. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm sitting there when you sat down. I said, man. Peter King, man, if it had been anybody else, I wouldn't even pay no attention to it. Yeah. You're he's right. He's, he's hit homers every time he says it. That's what we do. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no question. And, and I, um, I mean, look, you've just got to be so 100% convinced that who you're trading up for is going to be a star. Could I be convinced personally if it's Jaden Daniels? Maybe, yeah, because like you, I, I, I mean, I think we're all intrigued with Jaden Daniels. I think, I think we saw enough just being in SEC country uh, that kind of has us like, well, damn, that boy can throw. He's good, you know. And Drake, I, I mean, I, I saw some Drake May highlights and have seen him, and obviously, I saw, a, I saw a profile ESPN did on him and his family and how athletic they are and so forth. And I, I, I'm anxious to see him in the combine. I mean, maybe. Maybe I, as a fan, will just fall in love with one of those guys that come out and say, God, if they have to give up a couple of firsts, I don't give a damn. Let's get him. You know, because they need a quarterback. They And it's not going to happen quick. You know, today, earlier today, Jeff, um, 
Kirk Cousins put out video of himself dropping back four months after his Achilles surgery. So you know why he's doing that, because free agency is a month away, and he wants to show teams he can be a, a, a free agent that could help somebody. So that's the first thing we got to go through to see if they're going to pull the trigger on any free agent, for sure. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I would almost uh, – and here I am saying I don't want to trade pick. I trade picks for the – you're right. If we hit the home run, I'm willing to trade the picks, but I don't want to spend $40 million on a guy with a bad Achilles and – Two years later, you're just doing the same thing. Well, that and and I'm with you. I'm not been completely convinced of that. I mean, maybe I don't know. I just would I feel better about giving that much money to Kirk Cousins if he hadn't have torn his Achilles? Well, certainly, of course I would. But you know, people are coming back from that injury. It's not like when Dominique blew his out 30 years ago and he sounded like he'd been shot from the grassy knoll and at the Omni which was awful. That was the wor- about the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, watching that game, and all of a sudden, boop, and I'm like, what the heck? I mean, it was like you got shot. You heard the sound, and then you saw him go down, and it's like, who's in the upper deck? Which, you know, you didn't really want to go in the upper deck of the Omni unless you had you were watching a wrestling event and knew you could defend yourself or, you know, had a switchblade on you. But, my God, it, 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 there's no question that the, the technology's gotten better with those kind of surgeries. Um, except for Mike Soroka, but do we want to risk that kind of situation? Um, I mean, $30, $40 million, how much do you give Kirk Cousins with the bad Achilles, right? Yeah, and you brought up who I was going to bring up. Watching Soroka struggle so much, I'm like, oh, this is football, too. You're going to get hit. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to. The next two months are going to be fun. It's going to be what you love. We we could probably you'll trade away the whole team in the next two months, won't you? <laughs> well, I'll 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 trade some of those Falcons players, but I I'll, I'm ready to trade some Hawks. I can tell you that. I, I'm I'm ready for that. Uh, but yeah, the rumors yeah. of the draft and the mock draft that's always a lot of fun, Jeff. Yes, it is. So yeah, speaking of the Hawks, yeah, I, man, my basketball. I've quit. I sat on my couch today. This is the worst time of year. You know that? No no good right. basketball teams in the state of Georgia and uh, no football to watch. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, Georgia got blown out the other day. Tech got blown out last week by Clemson. Um, we don't have any good college basketball that's just enough to keep us, hey, look at this team, let's watch them, let's keep up with them. It's pitiful. It's awful how bad college basketball is. And basketball in general. I mean, with the Hawks obviously doing poorly and seven games under five hundred, we can add them in two. And how, why it's so bad, it's – I don't know. I, I, I just it's, – it's a mystery to me, and it's something that just boggles my mind of how bad, especially the college ranks. Hell, I'm used to the Hawks not being very good. But still, um, it, it is a rough time because – I mean, thank God the Braves games have started. We can go over the Braves games. We can see what they've done every day on a daily basis of, you know, who's pitched, who's got the hit, who's hitting well so far, even through three games. We can kind of take a look at, about that. But it's, um, you know, it is. It's a slower part of the game for sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Have a good one, right. Bill. Hey, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it. Four seven eight six four six espn is our number. Uh, Justin Toscano putting up an article about, about Tyler Matzik. Uh, I was mentioning this earlier about the lefties in the bullpen. And, um, this is, this is it. 
uh, Brian Sicker said about Tyler Matzik's performance today, that was pretty good. It was good to see him come out and throw it over. That was all right. I'm glad he got that out of the way, talking about his first appearance. Then Dylan Lee again, uh, who had surgery last September to remove a loose debris in his shoulder, gave up a home run over two-thirds of an inning, and Snicker said, it's going to get better, I think. He just needs to build back up as long as he feels good and we can keep getting him out there. Then I think the stuff is going to improve. So there you go. Um, Lopez, Reynaldo Lopez said he felt good in his his uh, appearance. Snicker also said he's been throwing the ball really good, and I thought he threw the ball really well today. So there you go. By the way, the the lineup today for Brian Snicker, kind of eye-opening and interesting and caught your attention. Ron Acuna, no no big shock there. Rossi Albee second, Austin Riley third, Matt Olson fourth. And then Matt Olson, I said Matt Olson fourth. Marcelo Zuna fifth, Michael Harris sixth, Travis Darno seventh, Jared Kelnick eighth, and then Orlando Arcia. How about that? So you had Harris sixth in the lineup, Art Darno, and then Kelnick and Arcia. Now there's no question Arcia is probably the least. Uh, I mean, Darno barely, Darno didn't very do very well in the second half of last season, but Arcia tailed off last year too. And I think it makes sense for RC to be there. I'll be honest with you. I like Harris batting ninth. I just love that. I mean, he's not going to get as many at bats per se, maybe, but I love that lineup rolling over with Harris ninth and, and Acuna first. But today he had Harris batting sixth. Saturday he had Harris leading off. You know, what, what is Michael Harris going to do this year? Is he going to be 25 home runs, 20 stolen bases, something like that? Could he be a 25-25-5 guy? I don't know. I mean, I'm really curious about that. And, of course, the lineup placement is going to be interesting for that in that regard. Do you like Harris batting sixth, or do you like him down lower in the batting order? Kind of interesting. But that's where he had him today at number six, and I'm sure he'll be playing around with that lineup a lot over the course of the next month. 478-646-ESPN is our number. We're going to take a break. Come back. We'd love to hear from you. Also on Twitter, at Bill Shanks. We'll check on Twitter, see who's talking about that and more as we continue right after this. Four forty-three is the time of day. You can also go on Twitter at Bill Shanks and tweet at us when we were talking earlier about the report from Peter King that J-Rad shared with us, Eddie from Ackworth said, I hate giving up two picks this year. Still a lot of needs on this team. And if Jaden is the guy, you have to get him. Yeah, I, I think to me, Jaden is a big reason that um, there's at least interest in this from the fans because I don't think there would be as much pushback on it if we knew they were going, going to get Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is an exciting player. I mean, but he's got a gun. He's got a he's got a really, really good um a really good arm and, and uh, I mean, yeah, if they got Jaden Daniels, it would be like um, in, interesting, right? I mean, you'd have that quarterback prospect that you'd want, but again, I, I, I hate being on the fence like this about this daggum quarterback situation. 
part of me is like, well, get a get a veteran and then draft a, a young kid to bring him along. Because even if Jay Daniels, Jay Daniels going to be able to take this team deep in the playoffs next year? Is he that C.J. Stroud type that can do that? I don't I don't know. And I I mean, I'm asking the question because I don't know. Um. So, you know, I we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how these rumors and, again, combine, right? We've got to see the combine. And it's got to be coming up. What is it, next week? It's got to be coming up soon. 478-646-ESPN. Josh is in Cochrane. Hello, Josh. Hey, Bill. I just wanted to call up here. I, I agree with you. We we don't know anything about these quarterbacks. They are going to be a C.J. Stroud or not. But ultimately, I think we do need to draft one. I, just, I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, there's just so many options, and I, I I wish I could kind of fall in love with one, Josh, where I'm just like adamant this is the answer. I don't know that right now. I don't. I I, I go back and forth. I, I I'm and I have apologized on my own show for being indecisive and being um, wishy washy about this topic. You know, I when I we were talking with with um, Chris Hefner. Uh, my good friend at your pie last week, you know, the, the comments about the veteran quarterback and then drafting one later made a lot of sense. And then I go back to, well, had at what price for Kirk cousins or whatever. I mean, it's, it's not an easy decision. And look, the, the legacy of Arthur Smith was pretty much written because of Desmond Ritter, which I don't think that's really accurate because I think he was just a horrible coach. But, you know, sometimes the quarterback you pick is how you're defined, right? Ultimately, I agree. It's in, from what it ultimately stands is we have to get a quarterback regardless of who it is. I mean, I think any quarterback at this moment is better than what we have right now, whether it's a trading for Justin or trading for Kurt or even just drafting one. Just get me a quarterback in here so we have options and we can test them out. I mean, yeah. that's probably going to be a two-year thing. So, yeah, um, I agree. But, I, I, but see that, and that gets into the that gets into the art. Well, Arthur wants Arthur Blank wants to win quickly. So does that kind of kill the chance for a young quarterback at least to be the main guy? And I'm not saying you wouldn't draft one. I mean, maybe you sign Kirk Cousins and draft JJ McCarthy at eight. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just there. There seems to be not only a, a like a one answer but a combination of of what what happens there and and that that's what i'm so curious about one thing that would help is him keeping himself out of the full discussion fully i mean i don't think he's much of a scout himself from what he's put up there in the past but not fully what i call for but i, I just wanted to go off sure. of what you were calling and talking about but uh I wanted to talk about the uh, uniforms for the this MLB, these MLB yeah. teams, and it's just getting worse and worse by the day. How I'm, I'm just seeing like we we want to watch baseball for just we want to go and see baseball, see the bats and the balls, and we don't want to see the players' bats and balls, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm 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 hearing the pants are are just that much of a problem too. So, and and that the San Diego Padres have gone back to the old uniform pants because they fit better and, well, they don't show as much. I mean, it is ridiculous as to what Rob Manfred's letting go on here. And thank God he is actually getting 
out of this sport come in 2029, and that can't come quick enough. So, well, I agree. I can't stand him either, Josh. And so, are the are the Padres allowed to go back to the old pants? Do they have the option to do that? Well, I'm not necessarily. I've I've heard there there's a pants shortage for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I, I, I don't quite get what's going on, but um, it is an absolute mess is what it is, and they need to really revert back to what they were doing before because it, it you, you don't mess with what's working. And right yeah. now <laughs> they need to mess with what's not working right now and go back and revert. Well, it was crazy when Rob Manford was asked about this in the last week or two, and he pretty much said, well, they've got to get used to it. <laughs> um, I, I think his arrogance is why he's so just universally disliked. It's like, who the hell left you as the grand poobah? But, well, I mean, he's the commissioner, so I guess he thinks he is because he is, right? But still, um, I think the one thing that's just hilarious is the see-through stuff. And, I mean, I've seen pictures on Twitter, uh, not that I was looking, but, hell, you can see the the jersey through the bottom of the pants. And it's like, even that in itself is odd. Like, why would you want that? If for a white uniform in particular, I mean, if you've got a colored uniform, it's not as bad. But, I mean, if you've got a white uniform and you can see the the jersey underneath the 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 pants, that's ridiculous. I mean, that uh, high school players don't have that kind of problem, do they? I mean, so, uh, you know, th- this player association – Cannot stand this commissioner. Um, there's no, I don't know how the hell they got a deal done a couple of years ago because they hate each other and there's no respect there either. And that's a shame, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous and moronic to throw uniforms on these players and force them to wear something that they feel embarrassed about or something of that nature. Um, because yeah, I mean, people have seen stuff. I've seen some reports of like, oh my God, it's a little too personal there. And uh, so any I don't know what's gonna happen. I hope the 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 teams do have the option to just say, hey, we're not gonna wear these. You can find us or do whatever you want to, but you know, um if they broke, don't fix it, like you said, and the uniforms have been fine, and yet, you know, Rob's being Rob again. So I'm with you though. Why why would you want to do that to players and and it's like give them another reason to think you're a schmuck right completely agree and it's going to be viewer discretion advised before any mlb game is even aired on tv because you're <laughs> going to have to censor everything below the belt <laughs> so yeah i think you i think you're right that's that's kind of scary josh thank you we appreciate it take care have a good one bye all right you too yeah rob manford's just a schmuck i mean there's no other way to put it he's just He's just not – I mean, I know if you're a commissioner, it's like David Stern, the late NBA commissioner, who was a great commissioner. He could be a schmuck sometimes too, and he he was always booed, and most commissioners are. You know, Palp. I mean, Roger Goodell's booed every time he gets up there, right? Every time. Um, but Rob Manford just seems to be so past the line of even an acceptable – schmuckness did i just create a word i think we need to call webster because i think i just created a word speaking of schmuckness ken and coming is with us hello don't you love those segues i do for you just for me yes sir I do. how are you how was your weekend I, 
I, my weekend was great, and I hope yours was. was too. You did a great job at the Hall of Fame following that stuff on Twitter. Congratulations, and you know what? You cleaned up pretty good. Well, I, t- I showered over the weekend. That was good. <laughs> it's, all, it's always good to do that before you go in public. So when I come out of my spider hole, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll uh, use a little deodorant and use a little soap. But no, it was a great event, and I'm always yeah. honored to do it. But thank you. You betcha. Um, I, I would like to know who is not a fan of this Coley hire because Bill, I for one am ecstatic. Um, I've said this to you many times. We we love talking recruiting. You're not winning national championships unless you get the Jimmys and the Joes. And this man can get you contacts in Florida, which we have not had since he left. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We haven't. I know. Um, I sent you a list of people. I was trying to pull it up. I didn't think I'd get in this segment. But, Bill, he was responsible for guys like Isaiah Went. I've got a list of them. There's like 20 of them. Uh, Isaiah Wilson. Um, I think he was involved with Kyrus Jackson. Gosh, am I, uh, Pickens, I mean, Bill, he, he was heavily involved with our success in 21 and 22. He really was. And um, I think people that, that still have that taste in their mouth about when he was here in 2018, you know what, those are the same people that still gripe about Mike Bobo. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. You just, you just hit the nail on the head right there, and it's like he's not the OC anymore. So who gives a crap? You know, it, Bobo's the OC. And and if you didn't like Coley being the OC, well, he's not going to be the OC. And here's the list. The, the, Ken sent me this, the list of players recruited by James Coley. Carson Beck, Devon Wilson, Riley Ridley, Kenny Mack, Mark Webb, Holloman, Karis Jackson, Blaylock, Isaiah Wilson, James Cook, Tariq Stevenson, George Pickens, Tyson Campbell. That ain't too bad, Ken. Holy cow. I'll take – and you know what, Bill? Listen, yeah. He may not have been a great OC, but he has offensive knowledge. That's going to do nothing but make us more powerful. Hey, you know, maybe get with Bobo. Give him a couple of ideas. Don't have to run the plays, but at least it's something that, you know, you've got a guy that's got knowledge of an offense. And, Bill, here's the other thing. I know we're coming up against it. 25 and 26 in the state of Georgia, we are going to produce some of the best wide receivers that we've seen in the state in 10 years. And the fact that he's on board now, listen, Bill, we need wide, we need five-star wide receivers. We've developed the hell out of wide receivers: McConkey, uh, Arian Smith. Um, I mean, you know, take your pick. They, uh, you know, Rosemary Jack Saints. These are these are grinders. These are guys that can play. But you yeah. need a five-star. You need a five-star, and we need a couple of them. So I, 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 I agree. And Ken, uh, in the last uh, ten minutes, I've gotten a note from a very respected veteran high school football coach in the state of Georgia who tells me he loves Crawford. Crawford's a great guy, and he knows almost every high school head coach in Georgia, and that's what we wanted to hear, right? Thanks, Bill. See you soon. All right. Take care. Great stuff. Thank you, Ken. 478-646-ESPN. That is our number. Also, at Bill Shanks on social media. Let's hear from you. Let's talk sports here on The Bill Shanks Show.